Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. How do you forgive someone? Do you forgive someone who's committed a heinous crime against you or against someone you love? Author of A Voice for Veronica, Jeanette Woods, shares what became of her foster child and how Jeanette was able to forgive. Well, 40 years ago, we had a lovely young girl, a teenager, as a, an informal foster child. And we had her in our home. We got to know her. We took her to church. She did stuff. She did life with us. She baked cupcakes. She was just a lovely kid. And we got to know her. But after a couple of years, we were going away. And so we, we had to leave her. We transitioned her to another family. And then she was going to come and visit us just for a goodbye before we went overseas. And she disappeared. And uh, she didn't catch the train that she was going to catch to Melbourne from Adelaide. She had a ticket. She had everything ready. She'd written us a letter. But she disappeared. And we didn't hear from her again. And so what happened? Well, it was about 16 months later that her body was found in the bush in Truro. And that was devastating news. We were overseas. We got a letter. And we were absolutely cut apart to think that she had died. But there was no particular theory about why she died, except she may have got lost. And so it was sometime after, almost a year, before um, other bodies were found in the same area in the bush. And eventually this became a, a big a big event in Australian history called the Truro Murders. Yeah. And there were actually seven girls who were assaulted and killed and were found in the bush. Oh, my goodness. That must have been so almost impossible to process. It was. And in those days, there wasn't a lot of information either. We didn't have the internet. We we were not able to really find out very much about it. So we just sort of absorbed this huge sadness, like a big hole in our hearts, and moved on with life. You mentioned something very, very interesting to me about your need to forgive the perpetrator. Well, it's interesting how sometimes there's a, a time timetable for these things because I don't remember feeling strongly about that so long ago. But move forward to a couple of years ago and I've been sort of uh, writing books in my retirement and it was as if one day the word Veronica came into my head and I thought, oh my goodness, I would love to write her story, but I don't know anything about it. And that started a two-year project. And somewhere in the middle of that project, when I went to Adelaide to research a bit more about her life, I became confronted with the fact through a question from a lovely person who said, have you actually forgiven Worrell, who was one of the two murderers? And I couldn't believe that I hadn't really thought that through, that it had become an issue in any way but it rose up like something sort of coming up out of a lake, I suppose. And I thought, my goodness, I need to think about this. And so it resulted in my husband and I going to the cemetery, finding the grave, and we had to go there and speak out to this man our sadness and our anger on behalf of hundreds and thousands of people who have been affected by this and tell him what we've been carrying for 40 years and then we knew what the next thing was. We had to say, we forgive you. Wow. Wow. What did you feel when you did that? 
Well, I looked up over this grave on the Lawn Cemetery and it looked out across the beautiful view of Adelaide and right out to the horizon. And it was as if I had a new perspective, looking from higher up. We're talking to Jeanette Woods about forgiving after her foster child's life was taken away. I felt almost a physical relief. I certainly felt a spiritual relief. I also felt as if I could just hand it over to God and let him do his work. But for me, I knew that I could move on and that there is no point in staying um, on the other side of it, that actually intentionally forgiving is a very powerful dynamic. Was it physically hurting you when you hadn't forgiven? Maybe not for all those years, but in the week that I was in Adelaide, where I met up with people, I looked up people who had been involved with Veronica. I had an intentionally and intensively emotional week with some amazing reunions and the whole thing bubbled to the surface and I was full of emotion, full of feeling and and that heaviness. It was as if I'd been under anaesthetic for all that time and the anaesthetic wore off and I wasn't numb anymore. So it was a strong feeling. Isn't it interesting how there's a time frame that it can't necessarily happen straight away? There has to be a period of time. It's true, and I guess it's different for all of us. Sometimes yeah. it needs to be immediate. And and I, I have to say, I don't think I've carried simmering anger for 40 years, but it's sort of like there was nothing. I hadn't really moved to that point of realisation So it was powerful, and what it did was enabled us then to take a trip the next day to the place where Veronica was found, and instead of it being a horrible experience, it was actually a celebration of her life, and we were able, we planted um, a shrub in the bush where her, her remains were found, and we declared life over death, and love over um, hate, and we banished grief. And it was just a very powerful spiritual moment for her. Did she have a faith? She did have a faith. She loved to come to church. Ah. She loved to help us with kids' club and activities. And a very special moment for me in Adelaide was that she and I were confirmed together in the cathedral in Adelaide. So that's a lovely memory that I hold. The beauty of it is that we know where she is now with, with her, her maker. Exactly, and that's been the comfort all over the years. And the day that we got the letter telling us that she died, we were sitting in our bedroom and we looked up at the wall in our bedroom. We were crying with the news and there was a banner on the wall that we had taken with us overseas, given to us by the children in the club that we worked with, and she'd written on it too. And it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Veronica Knight, kiss, kiss, kiss. So I've still got the banner, and it's a very precious memento, but it was a comfort to us on that day. That's why I love that verse in the Bible, death, where is your sting, you know what I mean? That's right. We knew that she was safe, Yeah. uh, and we, we know that we'll meet her again one day. That's Jeanette Woods and her story, which you can read about in her book, A Voice for Veronica. Light and Life, from the Salvos.